What do you make of the Cincinnati Bengals offense with Joe Burrow getting in a limited practice today? What do you make of Joshua Kelly trying to bounce back in his second week of taking over for Austin Eckler in the Los Angeles Chargers backfield? And what should we make of the Saquon Barkley-less Giants backfield going forward after what we saw against the Niners last night? All this and more coming up on tonight's show, plus a top 10 team after week two in the Fantasy Pros Championship Chris Dalbo, his team uh, uh, is in the top 10. We will be talking with him, picking his brain on how he built his team, how he's going to compete for that million-dollar grand prize going forward. We have a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in, welcome in. Thank you, Rob, and greetings to all of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs hanging out here. This is the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. I want to remind everybody, too, that you can go to MyFFPC.com. That's M-Y-F-F-P-C.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There is no draft. There is no salary cap. You just choose 10 players or 12 players by Sunday's kickoff and watch them ride through the weekend. Uh, only one player per team. You can uh, sign up for $35, $200. You can win up to uh, $2,500. There's a 10-team format, a 30-team format, and a 100-team format. So you can sign up for all those, each and every one of them, one or the other, all of them, whatever you want to do. That's at myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified. Every time we go live here uh, on this channel, um, that's what I would suggest you do with the YouTube video sitting in front of you. Or if you're watching on Facebook and Twitter, make sure uh, you're doing it as well on uh, on YouTube because it will help us get more content, great content, uh, that will help you out. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to talk a lot uh, about um, – Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense. We're going to get into the, the Chargers backfield. We're going to get into the Bears, or I beg your pardon, the Giants backfield. Um, Jordan Addison, Michael Thomas, which one are you going with this week? Damian Pierce or Jerome Ford, which one are you going with this week? That's going to come up on the show. And Chris Dalbo, the guy who is uh, sitting in the top 10 in the Fantasy Pros Championship after two weeks of play, he's going to join us tonight to talk about Jerry Judy, Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Swift, Ken Kenneth Gainwell, and much more. That is all coming up on tonight's show within the next hour here. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, uh, excuse me, Put a quarter in the jar, Balky. If you want to connect with us on X.com, you can do so uh, at HSFF Hour, at Eric Balkman. You can always learn more about Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFF Hour, and email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you do have any questions for us, send them in now. Uh, we'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails, and the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer my best friend Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob. The definitive commissioner of fantasy football of the KFFSC, KFFSC.com, joining me as he does each and every Friday night right now. What is up, my friend, Jay Farrell Elliott? Good Friday evening to you, dude. 
Oh, man, it's good to see you, Bucky. It's been a long week, and I'm glad to return to some football. Uh, you know, with Thursday night action, the, the 49ers sort of cemented all of those starts. We were wondering when Kittle was going to break out. He had his game, and probably we'll see more of that moving forward. But I'm looking forward to this weekend. Um, a lot of questions to answer. A lot of questions to answer. We'll do our best tonight. And I and I and I listen. I I texted with you before the start of the show. I know mm-hmm. you are looking for Chris Dalbo's lineup. I have not had a chance to send it. We'll just up, wing it. We'll ask no, Chris. No, we're not going to wing it. I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. I will be able to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could see, and let's see if I can put my hands up. Like you can see how disgusting my hands are right now. Look What's at that. What's going on, Bucky? Okay, I got done f- doing a night bite fishing in Northeast Wisconsin with my kids tonight. So we are catching a bunch of bullhead and bluegill or whatever. And literally I just rolled in right now, right after we got done, my wife is at home putting the kids to bed. I rolled into work. I'm going to get you the roster for Chris Dalvo and how he has gotten as high up as he has. But right now, like I love the smell of fish. I love fishing. It's, it's a big thing like in Northeast Wisconsin, but I'm telling you what, Making me nauseous right now because I've been smelling for like the last three hours. So, like, and that's that's what I'm doing. Like, brand new computer in front of me. I'm gonna ruin it with these disgusting fish and bird fingers. It is what it is, man. It is. Hey, you know, ice is. fishing season will be upon you soon. That's but. true. Yeah, and then, and then you don't have to worry about dirt. You just have to worry about getting enough hand warmers and uh, bourbon, basically, out on the ice. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah, um, you know, I've been I've been drinking since we left Planet Hollywood. Uh, the, what they <laughs> what they had there. They they had a, a very old Barton Select, which is humorous even in its yeah. But uh, you know what? I bought a bottle of it, and uh, here's to the bartenders at Planet Hollywood that uh, you know it's on the lower shelf. It's so low that they had to move the lower shelf to find it. But anyway, <laughs> wait. So they had they had to raise the lower shelf just because nobody. There you go. They had to, you know, yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, I'm on the sub shelf <laughs> is where I was. All right, uh, let's get into it tonight, Farrell. We'll, we'll try to we'll do our what we'll do. Yes, we will. Do, <laughs> we will do our best not to help out people with their bourbon and whiskey selection tonight. Although maybe we'll get into that too. I don't know. I never know how this show is going to go. But we'll we'll kick yeah. things off to try to help people submit their week three lineups. And there, I, I realized this after the fact, but there is not one but two KFFSC leagues where I have Burrow. Chase and Higgins on the same team. And let me tell you, my hopes are pinned on that calf of Joe Burrow right now. Now, he was a limited participant in practice today. I saw on X.com, Kurt Benkert, the former beloved third-string quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, posted uh, a video of Joe Burrow and saying he doesn't look that comfortable walking. To him, that's one person's opinion. But we take it more with a grain of salt, more than a grain of salt, because Kurt Bankert is a former quarterback in the NFL, played multiple leagues, uh, multiple years in the league. Burrow did not participate on Thursday. Uh, he was limited today. They play on Monday night, so he will have another practice tomorrow. I, you know, Farrell, in, in the KFFSC, I went ahead and I picked up like, like some Garoppolo action uh, just, j- just to make sure that I have somebody to start. I don't trust Jake Browning. I'll tell you that right now, just to make sure I have somebody to play on, on, on Sunday night. But I think the thing is like, for the purposes of this conversation, let's just assume Burrow misses, right? Because mm-hmm. if Burrow's out, you're, you're obviously going to play somebody else. And if he doesn't practice tomorrow, obviously you're looking somewhere, you know, to someone else on Sunday, but let's say he doesn't practice. Let's say he misses Monday night. Can you still put Chase and Higgins into your lineup? Do you still feel good about that from an FFPC perspective? 
Yes, you you start chasing Higgins because a young quarterback is going to look to his number one receiver. Unfortunately for this young quarterback, he's got two. Mm-hmm. Now, he has very little NFL resume, but he played a lot of games at the University of Washington. He's a competent quarterback. He beat out a veteran, Trevor Simeon, who has a woeful record as an NFL starter. And I would much rather see this player get an opportunity. Um there's no film on him. No one right. really knows much about him. I would rather see this player get an opportunity. Expectations being low, he would probably exceed them. Um, you know, we've tried everything else on this show to get listeners not to play, start, or draft Irv Smith. And, you know, we we may have we we may have crossed that boundary. You know, Irv has caught some passes this year. He's got five catches. I don't think he's got 40 yards, maybe not 30 yards yet, but mm-hmm. he's he's on track to do about what we spoke of. But, you mm-hmm. know, okay. But, yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to start those first two receivers because they will get theirs, and this young guy will uh, probably rely on them too much. I think um, uh, it's going to be fascinating. And, and and I should bring this up too. Like, you know, what, what do our friends in, in uh, the desert say? about that game on on Monday Night Football between the Bengals and the Rams. Right now, I am looking at a point spread of Cincinnati by two and a half, and that's at home against, I should, I normally I'd say the lowly Rams, but Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua have been arguably one of the best running back and one, one of the best receivers out in fantasy this year. So maybe they're not so lowly. We'll be ca- monitoring that too. Uh, so yeah. make sure you're taking a look at that. As they, a they were lowly, lowly on paper, but not lowly on the field. And, and your old Packer, Benkert, he, he's on to something there because champions walk a certain way. I mean, have you ever noticed the way Brad Petra and Larson walk around? I mean, they, yeah. those, guys, those guys walk a certain way. But, you know, we brought up on the show – that this is not the kind of injury that will put you on the bench with the kind of injury that will change your games. And and, in the chat room, there was a lot of commentary that said, hey, you know, other guys got over this injury real quick. Burrow will be fine. But, you know, I approached the draft with some pause because the more I study quarterbacks in the NFL, the more I find out about them, comfort, footwork, stability, release point, all these things are at play, and if you don't have a good foundation beyond, uh, underneath you, it's going to be difficult for you to have a year. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. Now, the latest we have on uh, – speaking of my Packers, um, the latest we have on the, the Saints is that um, Jamal Williams did not practice today. Mm-hmm. We already know that um, uh, Alan, uh, Alvin Kamara is uh, suspended again this week. Yeah. He will be back in week four. So mm-hmm. as far as um, – you know, what we're looking at for the Saints backfield on Sunday, Kendra Miller, um, I, I haven't seen an update today. I know he participated fully in practice yesterday, and I would imagine that he is going to combine with Tony Jones in the backfield against the Green Bay Packers, who were bludgeoned by Bijan Robinson and bludgeoned by Tyler Algier and Desmond Ritter in week two. Kendra Miller could actually start this game. Haven't received any word if he's going to start. But obviously, if he's healthy, he's going to play a significant role in this game. Farrell, if you got hit hard by the Nick Chubb injury, if you got hit hard by Austin Eckler, any of the other numerous, Saquon Barkley is another example, any of the numerous running back injuries right now, would you look at Kendra Miller as a sneaky second flex in your lineup in week three at Lambeau Field in Green Bay? 
I would not want to, but yes, I would. And and the people that drafted him understand the player he is, and he has skills. Uh, it, but he's already hurting, too. It, I'd hate to think that my team in week three would have to choose a running back that, that's already got some issues. So I, I don't – uh, yeah, I, I didn't draft the player. I didn't get involved in that. I will say that, you know, that when we were on the show back in June and July and early August and we talked about Kamara's situation and we we were the ones that said it was overblown. He wasn't going to miss that much time. And the drafters ought to draft him. And then it seemed like, oh, wow, he's going to miss a lot of time. He's going to miss these games. Doesn't seem like it's so long ago. Doesn't seem like he's missed much. Would be nice to have had him where you could have got him. So, you know, Miller rides for one week and we'll right. be on to something else. I think and, and Hudson pointing out too that that Miller is a is the second flex for him in several leagues right now. Mm-hmm. I am debating because I, uh, I I have um it, I, I don't want to jinx it, Farrell, but I'm off to a decent to to good start in Kentucky this year. Yeah. There are a couple of leagues where I could entertain putting Kendra Miller in as my my flex this week. Mm-hmm. Have not done it yet. But I'll have to crunch the numbers, see where it ends up on on Sunday, Sunday morning, um, because I, I think there there could be some value there. I don't necessarily, like, as a Packers fan, we have been complaining about the rush defense for Green Bay for years. And while they look great against Chicago Week One, Farrell, I think you and I could have lined up as the three and four technique and done all right against the run Week One against that Bears. Well, team. for one play, for, you know, for, for, for one play okay, until yeah. somebody hit us, uh, you know. Uh, I would think that in the FFPC with the dual flex and the situations with the fact that we're protecting a roster full of tight ends, two and three tight ends, I mm-hmm. think you could probably do better with a tight end in your flex two spot than you could with Miller. That's just my thinking. We will, uh, we'll actually get to a question later on about um, starting a flex uh, or start uh, flexing out a tight end with your second flex coming up later in the show. But I'll tell you this right now, the professor from Cornell coming in hot right away. Hudson Curtin Reeve, is this the last week mm. to give Kyle Pitts a chance to be on our starting rosters? Now, I'll say this. I don't own a whole lot of Kyle Pitts. I am still rolling him out there, but I think you have to seri- – like, I-, I know it's only in week three, but I think you start to seriously have misgivings about just having Kyle Pitts as an automatic start at this point. Mm. The talent is there. The athleticism is there. Everything is there. He's For whatever reason, he's just not getting involved in the offense. So – I, I I think for me, he is when 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 Kern asked this question, for me, he's already out of the question for an automatic start for my starting rosters. And he was last week as well. That doesn't mean that like I don't consider him, but he's just not an automatic start. So going forward, regardless of what happens this week, Farrell, I'm already looking at him as a matchup play, given what we've seen from Dalton Kincaid, from Sam Laporta, from Luke Musgrave from Tyler Higby, from Zach Ertz, for God's sake. These are all guys that are outperforming Pitts right now. You cannot make Pitts an automatic start. You have to, no matter, almost nearly no matter what you have, you have to consider other options at this point. Well, I think I think that question was unearthed from November of 2022. <laughs> uh, I, and, you know, I've you love the athlete and you hate the landing spot. And, and now you, you have a team. Uh, here, here's something for all Pitts owners that will break your heart. You know, new ways to break your heart with Pitts. The leading targeted wide receiver uh, or receiver uh, for the Atlanta Falcons is uh, Mac Hollins. Mm-hmm. 
the number one pass catcher is Bijan Robinson. The, the the team Ritter threw the ball. Balky, you'd have to check me on this. I think he pushed thirty attempts last week, but it was it was down in distance and game situation determined. Um, they still ran the ball more than they passed it. This team wants to yep. run the ball. That's their identity. That's who they are. Um, and and so yeah, uh, the same thing goes with London. We advised against starting London last week, and if you did start him, you were rewarded. But you're going to be in a, a feast and famine situation every week. And if you can tolerate that, I think you can live with your average of what you might get at the end of the year, which would be 12 points for London unless there's touchdown breakouts. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, yes, Pitts, no. And the problem is in the FFPC, you paid a, a expensive price for Pitts. Even yeah. though he was somewhat depressed by main event weekend, you were still overpaying for him. And so you would have had to have a tight end heavy team to uh, live with that situation. And God bless you if you stacked up, uh, if you stacked up London and Pitts. I, I, I went, oh yeah, totally. Um, I went, um, John Terry was actually in this chat room last week and John Terry, former guest of the show helped me actually decide. And, and I remember his comment, like um, you, you cannot start pits. You cannot, uh, no, it wasn't pits. You cannot start London going forward. And I benched London and probably I, I not like I own him in a bunch of leagues, but I, I own him in a handful of leagues and like half the leagues I started him and half the leagues I didn't. And I was good with that. And now that he's shown me that, Farrell, and, and once he's demonstrated the skill and he's demonstrated the output, I'm much more likely to put him in. And I don't – it's one of those things where I don't necessarily regret not starting him. John Terry has won how many hundreds of thousands of dollars doing this? You know, like, I, like I'm not upset that, that he maybe misled me because more often than not, uh, he's correct. And, well, and, he's telling you to start at your own risk, start at, which, he, I, which is exactly what I did. It's exactly and, and what I did. It's it's a it's a huge question mark with what this team wants to do. If it was game dependent, uh, you know, fortunately we told everyone last week to start uh, uh, Christian Kirk. You know mm-hmm. that that was not game dependent in as much as uh, in the much as the fact that the receivers that Lawrence was targeting, he hit them all. Right, you know, and and so he came back that way with with Kirk. And so there's two different things. You're in Kirk's situation, you're not going to see many zeros in London. You may unfortunately see several. Yeah, you could, and and it could be again this week. You never know. And the Falcons could win and be very happy with that. They, that, be, they don't care. Like yeah. Arthur Smith said last year, we're not playing fantasy football. There you we're go. playing real real football. He's right. Um, Austin Eckler, the, the yeah. latest update I've received on him. Farrell, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he is out against the Vikings this week. And quite frankly, no one really expected him to be in. Um, Austin Eckler has his own fantasy podcast. Well, not podcast. It's just not fantasy podcast, just a podcast that he hosts. He says it's a quote day to day, week to week Mm. situation. And the chargers are going to roll out Joshua Kelly. Now, a lot of people were burned by Joshua Kelly in, in week two. I'm going to offer this up. Farrell, you correct me if you disagree with me but Kelly was going up against one of the toughest rush defenses in the league in the Tennessee Titans. I don't know why the chargers didn't get him involved in the passing game. I, you know, shrug shoulder shrug on that. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. However, Deandre Swift last week against these same Vikings, 28 carries 175 yards and one touchdown. I think anybody who was burned by Kelly last week has to shake it off. 
understand that that's fantasy and get him in your lineup for week two. Total on this game is like in like 53, 54. Really, I Josh Kelly on so many teams. It's sick. It's going to be really, really difficult for me to sit him this week. I love Josh Kelly this week. Well, yeah, and, and I love the individual that Josh Kelly is, and I mm-hmm. root for him. Given opportunities in Eckler's prior absences, uh, Kelly has, has has not taken that opportunity and looked like the player I want him to be. So this is kind of the question. You know, if, if he doesn't do it this time, when is he going to do it? Now, it gives me some concern. There's a, there is it an Elijah Dobson? Is that the player? Is that another uh, yeah, I think that's his name. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, you know, that, that seems to be and, – and perhaps, you know, the Chargers are trying to balance what they're doing at the position. I, I expect they'll install some things probably for Palmer. Uh, there's – you know, they'll they'll get the whole team involved. But, yeah, this is a great Kelly opportunity. I saw Josh on the waiver wire mm-hmm. as a player being released uh, wow. this week, and I thought that's, that's just a really, really big mistake. Um, but you know, people want instant returns without thinking about the future. Let's hope Josh Kelly has a big, big game, finds the end zone a couple times. That well, oh, a couple times that'd be great. Like, I like make my starting um, uh, decisions based on usage and volume and yardage, but like, and touchdowns are just gravy, right? And, mm-hmm. and my goodness, if Kelly falls into the end zone, that would be tremendous. Elijah Dotson is the third string running back there, leapfrogging my guy. Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M, kind of giving up on him at this point. Still waters run deep, don't they, Bob? Yeah, still waters do run deep. It's unfortunate. Um, He is the only guy I have ever drafted in fantasy football um, while he was still in college, and he has let me down. It is what it is. We move on. We press forward to try to win. Uh, We have uh, Chris Dalbo hanging out in the uh, green room right now, uh, gorging himself on all the, the shrimp cocktail and the lobster and everything we've supplied for him uh, tonight. Before we get to him, I do want to touch on last night's game briefly. Farrell, I don't know if there's a whole lot we can glean from last night's game. Um, Jake Moody had a big game. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy threw for over 300 yards for the first time last night this season. That was impressive. Giants were awful. Um, Matt Breida, four carries, 17 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, three catches, but for only one yard. Now you think about this. Brita actually had the more snaps in the Giants' backfield. However, Gary Brightwell, 36 yards to Brita's 18 yards. Saquon Barkley said before the game that he is suffering from a high ankle sprain, which is significant. Yeah. The reason I bring this up is in week four, coming off the mini-buy, the Giants are going up on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. And I think our inkling is to say, okay, well, if we need somebody, if we're battling with an injury, if we're battling with anything, um, Brita would make a nice start here. I'm going to just bring this up playing devil's advocate. Maybe you don't play Brita. Maybe you don't play anybody. But what about Brightwell? The fact that he was much more efficient with his touches for the Giants last night, is he a sneaky start on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks rush defense? Um. No, I don't think so. I think I think this team is enamored with Brita. I think he's their number two guy. He's there for that purpose. Uh, his touchdown, he ran with authority. Um, you know, we, we think of Brita as a veteran, but he's a slightly worn 28-year-old. Uh, I was – given what he was asked to do in this game and, and, and where the game was, uh, 
and and what was happening with the Giants, uh, I didn't expect much, and there was very little that you could hang your hat on from the Giants. They were all underperformers in this game. Maybe something we did see from the Giants was uh, Wondell Robinson uh, is on the field mm-hmm. and uh, looked uh, as as and I, and they quoted Balky. I thought of you. They quoted that Wondell was on a pitch count. Oh. Balky, if you just if you keep if you keep protesting, maybe someday we'll get past it. But um, you want to talk about the Niners because the Niners, um, the quarterback started the game and he was not particularly comfortable. Uh, they were showing some things to him that, you know, he was missing on a couple passes and he self-corrected. I think that's a real good situation. He sort of gets, he gets himself under control and he's got so many tools at his disposal and you know, they're not going to run the table. They're going to trip up. They're going to make some mistakes. But, man, this is a juggernaut of a team. And if you were smart enough to draft these 49ers, good for you. Uh, and, and you know, I, I sat uh, at a draft and watched uh, uh, CMC dry, uh, drop and drop and uh, go as late as five, six, even one draft, seven. Uh, my good friend Jeff Joaquin took uh, B. John Robinson in front of him and he and, – McCaffrey went seventh, and so far he's happy with Robinson. But, man, with you know, McCaffrey was, I believe, and I heard this today, and I think it's correct, he was on the field for every offensive play for the 49ers. I – and and I, Chris Dalvo is – have another bite of lobster because we'll get to you in a second. But I cannot believe the usage that is going on with Christian McCaffrey right now. Mm-hmm. You have a situation in San Francisco – You've been very – outside of a close game against Los Angeles in, in week two, you have a capable guy in Elijah Mitchell. You have mm-hmm. Kittle. You have Ayuk. You have Samuel, who crushed it last night. You have a an offense um, that that is lubed to a fairly well, as, um, as uh, Arthur Spooner from King of Queens would say. I don't understand why you are pounding McCaffrey this hard in September. You need him for the, for the uh, you know, the, the brunt mm. of the season. Now – if I have McCaffrey on on any teams, which I do, I, I'm liking it, but I'm not loving it because I don't know how sustainable this is. Mm-hmm. He looked great last night, Farrell, mm-hmm. but he took some hits, yeah. um, some significant hits, and and I'm kind of rooting for him to have his touches being amped down a little bit. The Niners look awesome. They think about how dominant they looked last night, and that was without arguably their biggest playmaker on offense in Brandon Ayuk. Now, I know people say, well, Samuel and McCaffrey, yeah, they're great. But I know there's a lot of people before the start of the season said, Balky, Ayuk, 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 and he didn't even play last night. They put up 30 points, and they won going away. Mm-hmm. I think this Niners team is supremely talented. I think they need to dial back on all these guys as far as the, the taxing that they're putting on them. They should have Super Bowl aspirations in mind. And once Kyle Shanahan, the newly extended Kyle Shanahan, gets that through his head, I think this is going to be very beneficial for fantasy. For all of us, and I've seen coaches and general managers. They'll they'll say, "Hey, you know what? We didn't realize we were giving him that much of a load." I've heard yeah. you know, about all players. So we didn't realize that he would, you know, you get caught up in the moment. So I think we'll see a little more Mitchell. I, I think they'll be cognizant and conscious of that. Uh, we are cognizant and conscious of our big guest that we are bringing in tonight. A guy who sat coming into this week uh, in the top ten in the Fantasy Pros Championship a contest that has a $6 million plus prize pool and a competition that will pay out $1 million. 
uh, to the grand prize winner. And it could be this guy tonight, Chris Dalbo, uh, who I'm going to welcome in right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in a guy. And, and Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong. What place were you actually in heading? First of all, welcome to the program. What place were you in heading into week three? Do you remember? Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was ninth overall. Ninth, in the, okay. In the standings, yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. Well, and, and I know it's early. Yeah. But, man, you, that's got to feel pretty freaking good. Man, it, it feels great. First of all, I, I need to stop down and say the, the shrimp and the caviar that you guys had backstage, <laughs> it was lovely. It was lovely. I loved every bit of it. And, and we'll, we'll need a refill on that maybe on the way out. Well, I'm going um, to say something. Gordon Ramsay's sitting next to me, so I'm going to say something. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah, yeah so. perfect. Let's, let's do it. Um, no, but, it, I mean, it feels great, man. Um, this is actually only my second year doing FFPC. Um, I, I've – played fantasy for, you know, 10 plus years now and mostly home and, and lower stakes leagues. And I think for me, it was kind of a, an opportunity to challenge myself a bit more to get into something a bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard you guys were the best in the biz. So I'm, I'm here and that's, that's why we're doing it. This is actually a, a team that I co-own with my, uh, a, a longtime best friend of mine, Mike. Uh, and you know, we've been childhood friends ever since the start. And we thought, you know, let's just, uh, it's a weird concept teaming up with your best friend to, to co-manage a team because you butt heads a lot. You know, okay. there's a lot of, there's a lot of that going on, but um, so far so good. You know, we had an interesting draft that we kind of navigated through as best as we saw fit. The team that we ended up with was frankly, not at all what we went into the draft trying to, to do. Um, but that's, I mean, how, how many times this off season did you guys draft a team exactly how you wanted to draft it going into the draft? Mm. Probably not once. No. Nope. So. More in March and April. <laughs> well, and, there you go. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this too. Like, um, I, I can't remember if I brought this up on the show before, but Michael Nazarick, the uh, fantasy football mastermind, ffmastermind.com, and Gilbert Brovar, who co they've co owned teams in the main event for years. Yeah. Um, and they draft live in, at uh, Planet Hollywood. And I ran into him right when I got done with my duties at the live events on. Um, Never. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was either I, I, it was either Friday or Saturday. I can't remember. Yeah. One or the other. And, and so yeah, I was going yeah. up. I, but honest to God, I was going up to my room to commission online drafts after that. Yeah. But I ran into them, and they were going into the draft. And and Doctor Bravar and and Nazrick, they're like grilling. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'm like, guys, I, I don't know. And they told me their plan. And roughly five to six hours later, my Instagram uh, notification went off on my phone. It was from Doctor Bravar, and he said. It didn't go anywhere we thought. You got to roll with the punches. You got to roll with the punches. Okay, That's why we gonna, love it, right? Well, yeah. it's, it is why we love it. It's why yeah. it's why it's maddening and it's why it's so yeah. much fun. Um, we're going to get into the fantasy football portion of the interview in a second. Uh, but, but Chris, number one, congrats on the start to the season. Uh, number two, what are you doing? You're in Florida, right? What are you doing for a living down there? Yeah, so I, I honestly, I'd love to be able to tell you guys that I do fantasy football as a living, uh, but, but I don't currently. That's the goal. I think that's the dream, right? right. I, I would love to be able to do that. Um, no, but currently I work in marketing and sales with iHeartRadio. Um, really? I, so so I am very familiar with the podcast space. Um, I think what you guys have going on here is great. I love it. Um, and, and it's something where I'm going to be tuning in week in, week out. Actually, you know, it's funny. I caught last week's episode and you and and Farrell made a comment about it's not pitch count. It's snap count. Oh, and, God. I, and, and I'll tell you what, I heard that last week and I lost it when I when I heard it. I was like, it is snap count, isn't it? Let, let's yes! let's get that straight. Let's you know, we're talking football here, boys. So I, I, I OK, speaking of iHeartRadio. So I'm yeah. in Wisconsin here and I listen to yeah. a lot of 97.3 The Game, which is an iHeartRadio yes. station in Milwaukee. 
Wayne Larrabee, a legend in NFL play-by-play calling. Not once, not twice, three times. This is just today, Chris. This is just today. I listened to every three times. He said pitch count. And I'm like, (laughs) what in the hell is going on when Wayne Larrabee is calling a pitch count? Oh, so so annoying. So Um, I see a website, a t-shirt line, a spokesperson, Chris, with a broadcast professional's voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's our spokesperson right there. Bobby. Well, I listen, see a I, whole movement. I see a GoFundMe page. I'm I with see, you. There's I'm a lot. We should plaster it everywhere we can. I, I want. I wonder if it's maybe the maybe it's the dual sport athlete guys that started it. You know, maybe pitch count just rolls off the tongue a bit easier. I mean, mm-hmm. if you say pitch count, people know what you mean. But hey, we're talking football at snap count. All so. right, put, put it put it this way. Um, I'm trying to think of a good like, I, and I'm not following baseball as closely as I used to. But let's say um, uh, you got a sandwich named after you at a baseball. Park. I, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Which, yeah, I know it's it's true. Uh, yeah, uh, Chris, I didn't tell you. Hey, right. come on. Uh, the, the the high A level of nobody cares about this amount of reg anyway. The high la- uh, high A level of minor league baseball. There is a team in Northeast Wisconsin called the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. They have what's called a food fight every year, and basically they invite all the fans to submit their um, uh, suggestions for a new menu item. And me and my co-host for my local radio show up here, we won this year with our sandwich. And we talked to the president and co-owner of the team. And he said, I think it's going to be back for 2024. So, Man, that, so like that that's is awesome. my, that's my expertise for minor league baseball. But yeah. I'll say this as far as baseball goes. You never hear like Spencer Strider, uh, for instance, for the Atlanta Braves, leading the NL in strikeouts could be a Cy Young award winner this year. Yep. If he were to go on the IL, you never hear him saying, or you never hear anybody saying, He's going to start a rehab assignment in double A, and he's going to be in a snap count there. No, never. No, you would never. Happens. Would never oh. happen. Whenever right. I'll, I'll tell you what. For the record, we care about the uh, about the sandwich being named after you. We care. Okay, we Wait. we care. Now, and, and I'll tell you what. The Timber Rattlers. That sounds like one of those minor league teams that should be in the running for best names. I mean, can he's we get some? Can oh, we get some credit there? Yeah. I'm pretty they, sure they also uh, have the trash pandas somewhere in, in Ohio, tra- I believe. The trash, pand- yeah, awesome. the trash pandas yeah. are out east. Um, but I, and yeah. I'll say this. Last thing I'll say about baseball, and then Farrell's going to ask you uh, about how you've been so successful so far this season. But the, the Milwaukee Brewers at uh, American Family Field have the big slide that Bernie Brewer, the mascot, slides yep. down every time there's a home run. The Timber Rattlers built not a replica, but something close to that where fans can actually go down it. Man. Regardless of – like, it's a fan- I love it. I, and, and quite frankly, they're a sponsor of my show, so I have to talk good about them. But even if they yeah, weren't see, a sponsor, I, even if they weren't a sponsor, I'd be praising yeah. them because I love hanging out there. Farrell, yeah, go ahead with your question. Him. We have to get it back onto football from baseball. <laughs> well, okay, all right, very good. You know, you started the season with big aspirations for this team, and you realized them, but you've done it without a healthy Kelsey, without Jerry Judy's availability and contribution, and Aaron Jones is, is, is questionable this week, although Balky might tell us that we can count on him starting. You obviously put together, you and Mike put together a roster with, with talent throughout. And it, it's evidence, you know, when you look at the top five running backs in the league, uh, one of them could be had, as Balky likes to say, for free. Uh, and uh, Brian Robinson, Balky, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was an early double-digit pick. So, it, what has been your how, – how have you guys maintained this success with with the slow start to some of your star draft picks? 
Yeah, great question. I mean, what a way to start the season, right? You know, your your second overall pick in Kelsey in FFPC leagues. You know, he goes down and not expected to play on Thursday uh, Thursday night game. Now, granted, maybe if it were a Sunday or a Monday game, maybe he tries to give it a shot and rolls out there. But we had to roll with the punches, uh, I'd say, the first few weeks. And for Kelsey primarily, I mean, really, it just goes back to our, our draft and sort of our approach. We knew going into it, there were going to be injuries. I think as fantasy owners, we know that throughout the season, at some point, injuries are going to strike your team. And it's really just a matter of whether or not you have the draft already or the depth already from your draft. And then obviously you pick people up, you know, throughout waivers as the season goes on. But I feel like we set ourselves up pretty well for it. I think for Kelsey, I, you know, he gets injured week one. We slot in Hunter Henry. Now, I'll tell you what, how many times have those drum beats in the offseason been practically nothing, right? <laughs> nothing comes of it. You never you hear it. and You're like, man, I want to believe that, but I just don't. With him, we heard it the entire offseason. He was the best looking Pats pass catcher that there was. He had a connection with Mac Jones. Um, you know, they trusted him. People said, you know, the, the beat reporters were saying, don't worry about the Gasicki signing, right? Hunter yeah, Henry is the that, guy. That was a difficult pill for me to swallow. I said, it, oh, it, yeah. it was for me as well. Cause I, cause when, cause when he was with the dolphins, I mean, he was getting, you know, he was getting yeah. his, he was getting some targets and some looks and you know, I mean, he's a good pass catcher. So, but we heard that and we believed in it. And so we took Hunter Henry late in our draft and really that's what saved week one for us. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, uh, he had a great week and, you know, he had, a, he followed it up with a great week too. And honestly, thus far we're feeling pretty content with having him as sort of, you know, just, just waiting in the wings if anything were to happen to Kelsey or, you know, come by week time and things like that. Very good. I, I, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, I mean, like anytime you, anytime stuff like this has happened to me, Chris, like early in the season where I'm missing three of my top seven picks for at least one week, sometimes two weeks. And, and Farrell mentioned it too, like with Kelsey, Judy and Aaron Jones, like I, I take it as like, um, like a, a moniker of like, okay, maybe this is my year. Right. You know? And, yeah. and I think that that's how, that's how you have to treat it. Um, if there was a, a downside to this team and, and, you know, there's downsides to every team, but one of the things that I think that you guys are looking at in week three is Deandre Hopkins. Now, currently at last check for me, he is still in your starting lineup here. Um, lackluster week two, he's battling the ankle injury. I think he, I could be wrong and I should have looked this up. I thought he got downgraded in practice today, um, and and I, I'm just kind of thinking like, okay, Hopkins plays at one o'clock on Sunday, Aaron Jones plays at one o'clock on Sunday. What happens if both these guys are active? I mean, obviously, if one's active and the other is not, you're playing that guy. But what happens if both these guys are active? Um, guys that are clearly not 100 percent right now. Yeah, I mean, look, so I, I'm pretty sure I saw a report today where Hopkins was going to travel with the team and they were going to try him out pregame yes. and see if he could actually make it work. And if he can, then maybe they'll roll him out. I'll tell you what, though, that Cleveland defense made Kenny Pickett look like a junior high quarterback last week. And so, I'm, I mean, it's it's hard for me to even fathom sitting D-Hop, right? We drafted him as one of our top two receivers alongside Mike Evans, which, by the way, let's give the man some credit and let's let's put some put, put some respect on Mike Evans' name because apparently the Buccaneers front office does not want to do so. Um, <laughs> I, but I mean, seriously, it's it's um, it's one of those things where I think I would feel more comfortable starting D-Hop this week than Aaron Jones if both of them were to, were to play. And here's the reason why I, I think. Number one, they're playing the Saints, the, the Packers, that is. I, it's not that the, the, the Saints front seven scares me as much as some other matchups do, but they're not a they're not a rollover type of defense, right? And I think 
for us, you know, with the options that we have, we were lucky enough to grab James Conner and Raheem Mostert late in the draft. Ooh. We grabbed James Conner at pick 811, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was 96th overall. His ADP on FFPC was something like 69th. So for us to have that kind of weight in the wings and being able to, to you know, to pop guys like that into the lineup, if Aaron Jones is, is in fact limited, or as we like to say on a snap count, I, I think for us, it, w- it would feel a lot better to, to put in somebody like maybe Mostert or even Connor against a great Cowboys defense. You know, it, it sucks for us to even have to think of sitting either one of those players because we know what they mean to, to fantasy, but if they're going to be limited, if we need to make up points in any aspect, why not go with the guy who has the the larger share of the of the opportunity for the day, maybe in a better matchup? You know, what a cloud was was over those both of those running backs in Miami, and then Wilson moves to injured reserve, and you still didn't necessarily believe it with Mostert because of his injury history, but his speed, the way he runs the ball, there, to me, he looks like the same running back that torched the Packers in the playoffs all those years ago. He mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and respected as one of the fastest players on that team at that size. I think that's a player that you got to get in your lineup and keep in your lineup. So that that puts you in a, in a glorious position. And I congratulate everyone that drafted this player. And I always generally have to talk myself into doing it. And you really don't have to, uh, you really don't have to spend much draft capital to do it. Mm. And it, it, what, do you recall where you got Mostert? So uh, I'm pretty sure I have it up here. I want to say we got him at the 10-11. That's a little early. That, yeah. And that's a little early, but it's, it's certainly paying dividends. And your, yeah. your Hopkins Evans is a switch. Because one's playing like a third and fourth rounder, and one of them is playing like a seventh rounder. And I I might flip my decision. You've got a lot of decisions to make. But if it's just between Jones and Hopkins, uh, I probably would go the other way just because yeah. I've, I've – uh, there's questions to me about what's going on in, in Tennessee, and I knew there would be. But uh, there's no questions that when Aaron Jones is on the field, he's he's ready to go. You're 100% right, yeah. That's just my – but look, uh, your teams are doing a lot better than mine, so you stay on your home path. So what I I will say is we know know A.J. Dillon, and he showed it last week, apparently he's not up to being the guy. And, you know, and and so if Aaron Jones can play and if he's on the field in any capacity, like you said, Farrell, he's going to get the run and he's going to get he's going to get the the lion's share of the touches, you know, whether whether he's hampered or not. The, the thing I will say is and, and I, I can't even believe I'm, I'm going to say this, but there might be a world where we sit both of them this week. The only reason being that we have we have Josh Jacobs, Raheem Mostert and uh, James Conner this week to run out as as running backs for our receivers. We can roll out a, a trio of Evans, Nico Collins, and Jerry Judy. That Broncos Dolphins game might be a shootout. And honestly, if it comes to it, maybe we end up doing that, you know, and, and just avoiding the injury bug altogether. That that's a scenario. I think Mike will have some problems with that because Mike is Mike is very much D Hop and, and Aaron Jones uh, you know, like uh, strong. And so we'll we'll have to we'll have to debate on that a bit, but it's an option that we have. All right. That's so a beautiful if, if you do roll with that, so you're looking at running backs. Jacobs, Connor, Mostert, which I can get on board with. And then if you sit Jones and Hopkins, Evans, Judy, Nico Collins still allows you for another flex. And that would be Hunter Henry, right? Well, so, so we're, so we're starting, we're starting two, two running backs and, and two receivers, correct? So that would be four well, and four. No, no, and no. Then... But hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. I might've misspoke here. So you would be rolling with 
at running back, this is the this is the formula the, the, with, without Hopkins and Jones. Yep. You, running back would be Jacobs, Connor, Mostert. Those three running backs, right? Yes. And then you roll with Hopkins, um, or not Hopkins. You'd roll with Evans, Judy, Nico Collins as your receivers. Tight yep. end would be Travis Kelsey, and then the the second flex would be Hunter Henry. Or am I miscounting? Maybe I'm miscounting here. Farrell, help me. Well, so, so in, in well, the, uh, I'm in, not sure because well, so I'm, in the FFPC you know, lineups for the for the players championship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, oh, I I'm an idiot. You, I'm an idiot. I don't even know my own rules. I'm an idiot. You'd have you, three you, running You've been fishing, Balky. You've been yeah. fishing ah, today, and you know, <laughs> you you've been out no, of touch. It, you know, it's it, all good. Chris is talking to Mike. I'm I'm talking to Barry old Barton. And and you've been dealing with Don Erickson today. So I, I <laughs> no, 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 no worries. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll say this, Chris, like it's just more of a testament to your team that you can afford to sit Jones and Hopkins and still yeah. have a tough lineup decision to make. I, like that's incredible. He yeah. has um, 24 players rostered. There's a glitch in the system. <laughs> he awarded these guys 24 players. <laughs> the benefit. Yeah. All right, so so the next question I want to ask you here, um, you don't have him on this team, but looking at your rosters, you have Marvin Mims on quite a few of your other teams. Why did you make him, and, and take this however you want to do it, Chris, why did you make Marvin Mims one of your most owned FFPC players this year? Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I loved, him come, I loved him coming out of Oklahoma. I thought he sort of – Anybody not named Smith and Jigba, Johnston, Addison, or Flowers, I thought he had the biggest chance, the, the best chance to, to make an immediate impact. I mean, Tim Patrick goes down with another season-ending injury, and you just you just feel for the guy, right? I mean, last year he was out for the entire year as well. And I think I think Tim Patrick actually, I think he's actually a good player. I think he, you know, if he gets a, a chance to play, there's, you know, there's a chance for him to um, you know, to do something there. But he goes down, and I, I think you know. I, I remember, I recall on on the second on the second night of the draft, I recall seeing a clip where Sean Payne and some of the other members of the of the front office and the coaching staff they were hyped, they were ecstatic when they got Marvin Mims in the draft, and and it almost felt like they had got their guy. And so for me, you know, I, I guess it's it's sort of willing the Broncos' offense to take to take that step forward and bounce back from last year, which I think after three, after two weeks they've they've done that to some extent. And so I think the potential is there for him to, you know, uh, have a have sort of an upward trajectory throughout the remainder of the season. Um, you know, I think there's a chance that being in the division that they're in, there's going to be a lot of shootouts. I think they're going to have to throw the ball. If last week were any precursor to it, I, I think we could see a lot more of that if he continues to grow into the offense and, and get more of a target share, you know, at moving forward. You're right on spot with that. I think Flowers was my guy amongst the rookie receivers. You probably yeah. feel about me. Flowers. Who is yours? Who is your rookie? I, I, love, I mean, I love Flowers. You, like, no no yeah. question. Now we now, were we were I, big Flowers guys on the show, and nobody. And I think sometimes that that had a little bit to do with Boston College. You know, there were people yeah. were hesitant, and then a little bit to do with Odell going to. Um, Odell going to Baltimore and then, and then a little bit to do with the, the fact that, you know, Lamar is, is, is just not seen airing out the ball, but my, I'll get to my point, you know, uh, flowers is, is getting about one out of every three uh, passes there in Baltimore. 
and it, I expect it only to get better. And and I see the same thing coming for Mims. Uh, yeah. And it, uh, we, we got there a little quicker with Flowers, perhaps just because of, of what he brought to the team. But uh, this is a wonderful year for rookie quarterbacks. And I, you know, where did you get Mims? Do you recall? So, so we actually don't have him in, in this league, but in most of the leagues, it was, you know, it was the last, it was the last handful of picks, you know, within the last five picks, you know, you figure a, a 20 round draft within the last five picks, that's sort of really? where I got Mims. Okay. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, it's one of those things you talk about rookie receivers. I love flowers as well. I have seen people dropping Quinn Johnston this week oh, no. in, in, in other leagues, not, not, not our FFPC 20 deep leagues, but other leagues I've, I've been seeing him get dropped. And I'll tell you what, all it takes is one injury to those Chargers receivers. M- Mike Williams is notorious for getting injured right, right around week five or six in the season. If that happens, he gets free run and they can see what he can really do. And I'll tell you what, he was my favorite rookie receiver coming out of the draft. And I, I think I think there's a chance that back half of the of the year, you know, down the stretch, he really he really shows up for the Chargers, and you know we'll we'll have to see. We missed out on uh, out on him in this league just because we had we kind of had to address other needs that we you know we, we needed to fill. But man, yeah, I have a lot of shares of him, and I'm looking forward to see what what he can do with it. You know, looking forward to something this weekend. I, <laughs> you, you talk about giving up too early. I I gave up on Kareem Hunt in a couple of leagues a little too early, um, and I. I it, I'm certainly not that upset about it. I'm curious, though, of how they'll break things up this weekend in, in yep. Cleveland. You have uh, you you can you polish that crystal ball a little bit and tell us how they're going to break up those carries between uh, between he and Ford. Yeah, I mean, you you got to feel absolutely gutted for Nick Chubb. I mean, talk about like the the one of the best pure runners in the league, guy who is always consistent. You know, when, when it comes to fantasy and real life purposes, and I just think. You know, you feel bad for him. Uh, look, I, I'm. I think I think Jerome Ford is the guy. I, I think he is the guy. I think Stefanski has said he's the guy, mm-hmm. and so we should we should believe nothing else until we see it. Now, in terms of Ford versus Strong and how that you know how the the rest of the touches go, I, I think I mean they didn't they didn't resign Ford in the off or excuse me they didn't resign Hunt in the off season. So there's probably a reason for that. They're bringing him back now more so out of necessity, I believe. And so mm-hmm. you have to kind of figure that into the equation. And I. I think Hunt will be involved on passing downs. I think there's a, a good chance that he is involved possibly to the same extent that he that he was last year. I know his efficiency kind of dropped off some, but we know how reliable he can be, you know, cast, catching passes out of the backfield. Um, but in terms, again, the, the bulk of the run, that should be Jerome Ford. So, you know, for any owners who who allocated, you know, all of or most of their fab this week on Jerome <laughs> Ford, I, if, if you missed out on the on the Puka and Kyron Williams train that was the past yeah. two weeks and you, you used all of it on Ford, I, I don't think you should be feeling bad. I think you should feel okay with the position you're in. Um, you know, I know Pierre Strong is also in that backfield. I think he probably mixes in to spell Ford on some carries. I'm not so sure that he necessarily overtakes Hunt in terms of the number two role once Hunt gets actually up to game, you know, game speed. But that's kind of where I where I land on on that on that equation. Yeah, I, I am not. I am it, it, kind of to your point, Chris. Like 32 NFL teams told you what they thought about Kareem Hunt in the offseason yep. and even after the season started when the contracts are no longer guaranteed after Week One, and it took a catastrophic injury. And by the way. You know, prayers up for for Nick Chubb. I hope he gets back to to. And I heard today there's a report he might need a second surgery, which would just yeah. be terrible. We don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to hear awful. that. But but um. But I hope he gets back. And and if he does, locked up NFL comeback player of the year when he does. Um. 
DeAndre Swift. Okay. So, so crushed it obviously in week two against the Vikings. Um, Kenneth Gainwell has been practicing this week. A lot of people after what we saw in week two were very excited to, to just make DeAndre Swift a slam dunk start in week three. But if Kenneth Gainwell is back, how do you change your thought process on whether Swift should be starting for you in your FFPC leagues, Chris? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, if you can find the guy that actually knows the answer to this question, you should have him on weekly. <laughs> you, sh- you should have him on weekly without fail because I think this is one of the, the toughest backfields to solve. right? I mean, we just talked about the Browns' backfield. That's nothing in comparison to how difficult the Eagles' backfield is to figure out. Now, I'll tell you what. Swift looked great last week. He looked great. It was against the Vikes. I mean, you you know, take for that what you will. You know, I think that defense probably has some holes in it, but he looked great. And and I think for me, it's hard for me to just sit here and say that I, I think they'll go away from Gamewell completely. I, I think I think they trust Kenny Gamewell. I think he's been there with the team in terms of who they kept. I mean, they obviously let Miles Sanders walk and they kept Gamewell and Boston Scott. You have a guy that, you know, he he's effective with his touches. He knows the offense. He's trustworthy. I don't I don't believe he's a he's a fumbler. So he he, you know, the ball security is there. I could see a situation panning out where week to week, either one of them could end up being kind of low end RB2s, maybe, you know, maybe high end RB3s or, fe- or flex plays. But determining which one is is gonna is gonna have the the hot hand, as Kevin as uh, as Nick Sirianni likes to say, that they're gonna roll with whoever has the hot hand. Determining which one week to week, it's gonna be a nightmare. See, when you get broadcast professionals, Balky, on the show, you know you know, see. I have the hot hand written down here. See, and then it becomes extinct. So now I don't have anything. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be a swift guy. I'm gonna be a swift guy. First Taylor. And now DeAndre, I'm, I'm, it's, it's an all swift year in 2023. An all swift year. I love it. I, I love it. Not Taylor either, but DeAndre. That's interesting. <laughs> um, okay. She's, she's so, having a better okay. year than everybody. Let's just put it that way. But that's well, especially if he's if she, like, uh, and if she's having the best year of anybody, wouldn't Travis Kelsey by association also be having the best year <laughs> of anybody? At this for another right show. Uh, yeah, it's for another show. Um, Farrell, you have the next question up uh, after the Swift one here. And I think um, based on – I know you've kind of talked about it, Chris, a little bit, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, Farrell, go ahead. Well, we talked a lot of lineup, but I think that's what's important. That's what players are interested in this week. Uh, some people have challenges. Some people have difficult decisions. Some people will will make decisions quickly without perhaps seeing them through. And I think that's – that's the balance that you have to make when you look at all these rosters. Balky says, if you uh, think long, you think wrong. But, mm-hmm. you know, you've got some interesting choices. What's the toughest one? Man. And, 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 Chris, I'll be honest yeah. with you. Like, if you want to, like, you don't have to center on yeah. this specific league. That's Yeah, not yeah you can be any, any team. Could be any of the league, any of the high-stakes leagues that you're looking at right now. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I mean – for this league in particular, we've already kind of discussed it. It's Aaron Jones yeah. and it's DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's any – it's it's for for people who have been in the fantasy scene for the better part of the past eight-plus years, you know, ten years, whatever it is, those two names have been synonymous with the tops of, of the fantasy rankings with both respective positions week in, week out, without fail. And so to even consider sitting either of those guys, it's, it's kind of um, – 
it's kind of unheard of until you, you know, unless you just have really good options that blow, blow them out of the water, but, and we don't really have that. Right. And I think those are the two main options uh, that we have in, in this league this week. And honestly, it might come down to the matchup that we have. We might look at the team we're facing and determine, you know what, yeah, if, if there's, if there's a, if there's a chance that we might be chasing points in this matchup, maybe the guy on the other side of the, of the table is stacked and we have to chase points. Maybe we go for, for the upside play rather than the safe hey. play. Yeah. And and maybe maybe the guy on the other side of the table starting Irv Smith at tight end. You, might, you know, you always want to look at what the other guy. That's right. That's right. And, and, and maybe the safe play is the play. Yeah. So the, the, I would say those are the two biggest concerns that we have. Uh, you know, that we have this week. Um, and for what it's worth, I have a few shares of Irv Smith in FFPC no. leagues. And man, I'll tell you what, I was confident going in the year, going into the year, but I. We'll touch on Joe Burrow a little bit later. Uh, waiver, later in the show, waiver so. wire, waiver wire closes not until you know you can get your waivers in. That's right. Go go pick up your Irv Smith shares so that way uh, so that way we all get left with everybody else. You know, four minutes until the top of the hour here on the Irv Smith Fantasy Football Hour. <laughs> Hanging out with Carol Elliott and uh, Chris Dalton tonight uh, with the ninth place team in the Fantasy Pros Championship. I'm going to be honest with you. We we do have some starter stick questions. And we're up against it. So here's what I want to do. Farrell, yeah. why don't you ask your final question to Chris? And then uh, the three of us are going to um, uh, all analyze that. We'll go rapid fire on these starter sets that we have. Very rapid fire, I bet. Right. But okay, I'll go rapid fire too in my question. Who's sure. somebody you love? Who's somebody you hate this weekend? Yeah, so so a couple loves. You guys already talked about Josh Kelly. I like Josh Kelly. He's in a bounce back spot against the Vikes. I think you just chalk up what happened last week with the Titans. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. I'll tell you what, if you're in a really deep spot and you need a fill-in, maybe maybe the Bears coaching staff actually gets it together and lets Roshan Johnson do yeah, some you're talking. That's okay, so they're going to be chasing points against the Chiefs. That's you know, little you know that that line's going to get going to get after Justin Fields in uh, in garbage time. Maybe the, those dink and dunk plays end up adding up into some points. I, I'd love to see it personally, you know. So th- those are the two loves. Uh, an extra love just because we're dealing with FFPC and, and you need a tight end play. Maybe you're dealing with the Kyle Pitts experience. You guys talked about Kyle Pitts earlier, or maybe you had a dart throw guy like maybe Chigo Conquo who hasn't panned out at all or something like that. How about Kate on for the Bucks on Monday yes. night against the Eagles? There's a chance there. They're going to be chasing points as well. Baker Mayfield has looked good thus far, so I'll go with that. The, the biggest risk this week, and I, I think I think it's it's not even it's not even a shock to, to bring it up, but it's got to be Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. If, if you have Joe Burrow and we get to Monday night and he ends up playing because we know he's a competitor, we know he's going to fight through and want to play. But if he plays, how effective is he really going to be? You would think that the Rams make a perfect a perfect spot for a bounce back game, but if he's not at full strength. I, I can't be convinced of it. And I have a ton of shares of him this season. And, uh, man, I, even to be fathoming putting somebody else in front of, you know, in, in place of Joe Burrow, just because of the uncertainty, I, I, I didn't expect that to, to be the case at this point in the year. I'll be honest. Wednesday night waivers this week. Um, I, I have Joe Burrow in a few spots. Uh, Chris, I picked up a backup quarterback. At this point, um, a couple other things to consider. Number one, he is playing hurt pretty clearly. Um, number two, he's already aggravated this injury once. Who's to say he can't do it again? And number three, the Rams, are, they're like the Los Angeles plucks this year. They've been yeah. very plucky in battling, you know, whoever they've been playing. So, like, they it's, not, it's not like a guarantee that no. even if Burrow is is, is out there that he's going to yep. light up the scoreboard. So, I think there's they look good. 
yeah. keep in mind there. Okay, guys, uh, Chris, thank you so much uh, on that. Let's 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 all uh, dish on on these next few questions. I'm not going to read the long flowery introductions, but Will in Dallas, I will give him a shout out because it is his birthday today. So happy birthday, Will! Happy birthday, Will. He, he happy wants birthday. to know, uh, Will in Dallas, Jordan Addison or Michael Thomas this week. Now, um, the total on that game in um, in uh, uh, Minnesota with the Chargers and Vikings, I think is at like 54 or something right now. But Michael Thomas coming in uh, to Lambeau Field. And by the way, Jair Alexander, his back was acting up today, and he got given the questionable tag after being a full participant in Wednesday and Thursday practice. I think we seriously got to look at Thomas here. I'll throw this to you first, Chris, and then I'll let Farrell answer. Who would you start if you could only start between Addison and Thomas here? Oh, man. I, I, I mean, my gut tells me Addison. I, I think as the year goes on, Addison maybe develops and grows more into that wide receiver two role and that, that true wide receiver two role. I think I think going into the season, many fantasy managers just thought he would just have it outright. It's kind of actually been K.J. Osborne in terms of the routes ran and, and you know, the, the uh, ability to stay on the field. But man, I'll tell you what, hasn't Michael Thomas looked good through two weeks? I mean, talk about a guy that people were just worried about drafting. He's looked good, though. And if Jair Alexander actually is hindered with, with some type of injury, give me Michael Thomas for the upside. Uh, my wife on upside Addison, guys, for all the reasons that it should be. But it's close. Yeah. I, I, I will say this. My wife chiming in, on the, who's watching on Facebook right now, uh, rumor has it that Jair Alexander's back is all good. I have no idea what her source is on this. I love that girl. It, is, it is clearly I love not that me. Girl so much. If, 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 that, if that's the case, I have to. Yeah. Too. Yeah. If, if that's true, if that's true. I have to go with Farrell. I'll, I'll take Addison. <laughs> yeah. I have, to, right. I have to pivot. I'm sorry. Let, let's go to uh, to Chris uh, Chris Clark in the YouTube chat right now. Uh, he's got a question: Najee Harris or Brees Hall? This is interesting too. Like you. you You'd like to say, oh, you got to play them both. But the way that these guys have been going this year, I don't know if you can play both. Najee Harris, Monday Night Football at the Las Vegas Raiders. Brees Hall is at home against the New England fighting Belichick. Farrell, where do you stand on this uh, with Chris Clark, Harris or Hall? Yeah, I don't understand exactly what Pittsburgh is trying to get done on offense, but what they're, it's not being done through Harris. I'm going to go with Brees Hall here. Okay, Farrell says Brees Hall. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's Brees Hall and it's not even close. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I, I think Jalen Warren is is I, I think he's the guy you want in the Pittsburgh backfield. He looks explosive. He looks he looks like he wants to be there to, to play. And I'll tell you what, Brees Hall could end up being a league winner. I'm not sure if he's your league winner this week against the Pats defense. But if we had to pick between the two, give me Brees. Give him Brees, says Chris, uh, uh, Chris uh, Dalbo here. Let's go to tight ends, guys, here. And this is from. Uh, oh, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I just closed his email. I got to bring it back up again. I apologize. John in Joplin, Missouri. Sorry, John. Yeah. John in Joplin, Missouri. He wants to know uh, Hayden Hurst or Dalton Kincaid this week. Chris, I'll let you go first on this one. Dalton Kincaid is, um, let's see, where is he at? Where Washington. Screen at? Yeah, thank you. At Washington. And then Hayden Hurst is at home. Or no, he's at Seattle. And he doesn't have Bryce Young, who's been ruled out. It's going to be the Red Rifle throwing him passes this week. Hurst. Or Kincaid for you? Yeah, I'll tell you what. They, it looked like there was a decent connection between Bryce Young and, and Hayden Hurst through the first couple of weeks, didn't it? But, uh, I mean, so naturally you would say, okay, well, if Bryce Young's out, maybe we'll take Kincaid. But you know what? I'm going to actually stick with Hayden Hurst because I, I think if Andy Dalton needs to find a, a, a safety blanket, you know, if you will, maybe Hayden Hurst is that guy. I think I think in this in this game they're they're likely going to be chasing points. I think they might be down in Seattle. It's a tough place to play in. Maybe Hayden Hurst ends up with a, a five for sixty five line, and you know what? That's that might be a lot better than than what Kincaid sees. You know, sharing snaps with uh, with Dawson Knox. So, 
Kincaid yeah. may have weather issues on the East Coast as well. So I That's like true. first for the for the for the check down run after catch situation. Uh, but you know these guys have put up almost similar stat lines, yeah. and uh, I look forward to seeing what both these guys can do as the year moves on. I like both these guys, but this weekend it's hurts. I uh, normally I like to turn to the YouTube chat and 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 Facebook and Twitter and everything or X. Um, and, and get the lay of the land from, from everybody in there. I think I'm going to exclude them from this question. No. We got, no, here's the thing. We got Maurice Jenkins in there right now who just popped in. We got Reeve in there. Both huge Cowboys fans. And clearly, if they have the decision between Dak Prescott and Geno Smith this week, they're going to say Prescott. But, Farrell, what say you? Geno Smith at home against the Panthers, Dak Prescott at the Cardinals. When Maurice says Dak, I say Prescott, buddy, and that's the way it's going to have to be. This game is a get-right game for Dallas, and everything is right in Dallas with the exception of the quarterback. He needs he needs a game that he can really uh, flow into his own. So, yes, I could go on and on about Prescott, but he's got all these great tools, and, and I like that matchup. Now, Geno Smith I like too, but there's not going to be a lot asked for him, and it's going to be done on the ground, and when you consider – uh, when you consider an ailing Metcalf and the things that uh, could, you know, we we might we might see a little bit about the rookie running back out there as well this weekend. So I, it, it, Smith doesn't need it to beat this Carolina team. Dallas can't help but be who they are, and they're going to pile on some points. Uh, Chris, you agree? What do you think? I, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, my only concern with the Dallas game would may, would be maybe the game gets out of hand before halftime. And if it does, maybe Dak doesn't have to throw that much in the second half. But I'll tell you what, for the points that Farrell just mentioned, I, I think Dak maybe has a, a better you know score line than Geno has the entirety of that Seattle-Carolina game just because of the fact that they're going to be running the ball a lot, and I think their defense will come up big against against Andy Dalton, you know, filling in for Bryce Young. So he might not have to do a, a whole heck of a lot, you know. And if that's the case, give me Dak against the Cards. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, and and this is uh, this is an email, and this is the final email that we have. Actually, no. Let's let's do this. Let's go to Michael Wiley in the YouTube chat right now. He has a wide receiver question. We touched on this a little bit. Uh, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins, Chris. But if you're deciding between, um, basically, if you're deciding between Hopkins right now this week against the Cleveland Browns, or you could actually play Jerry Judy here, and I'll highlight it so everybody can see this. God, I'm a horrible producer. Can't produce and host at the same time. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Jerry Judy uh, tonight is uh, at Miami in, in week three. Which one would you rather play, Judy or Hopkins? So, you know, it's funny about this, and I'm not sure if he wants me to call him out, but that's actually my co-owner. Of this oh, there game. you go. What? So, so he, he, snuck, he snuck in, and I, he said he might be able to catch the, the last few minutes of it, so that's what he's doing. Oh, got and, it. Okay. Uh, so, so, let me, so let me address him directly and, and, and figure out this lineup decision for, uh, for the both of us. I, I mean, listen, I, I think there's a chance it's Judy. Um, I think I think if we need a safe play, it's D Hop, and I think if we just need you know safe targets, it's D Hop. But there's a chance that Miami Denver game gets gets out of hand real quick, and if Russ needs to to keep up with with the points, there's a chance that Judy you know Judy sees a, a hundred yards and maybe he falls in the end zone. You know, so I, I think I think you go either way. I, I think we'll watch the pregame the reports for D Hop and see if he's able to actually move around on his ankle and, and sort of see what the what the B reporters are saying for that, but. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, Judy might be the higher upside play between the two of them. Okay. Mike should have called in. He should have. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I told him. I told him. Um, okay. So good to hear from Mike for sure. Yeah. And, and Farrell, I'll throw this last question to you. And Chris, I want you to weigh in on this as well. Uh, this last one comes from 
John, nope, that was the last one. I apologize. Let me scroll down here. Uh, Bill in Bethpage, New York. Bill in Bethpage, New York wants to know here, guys, tonight, uh, Damian Pierce or Jerome Ford? Now, we talked a little bit about Jerome Ford here, Farrell, and going up against that tough Titans defense. Damian Pierce has kind of let us down um, over the course of the last couple weeks. Okay, not kind of. I was being kind, just in case Damian Pierce is watching tonight, which I know he does. Maybe not. But Damian Pierce uh, this week at Jacksonville, uh, Ford taking on the Titans. Where do you stand on this? Which one would you play, Farrell? Uh, Damian Pierce has let us down, but he can't he he can't call the plays to give himself the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a passing offense, surprising all of us. They'll they'll have to they'll have to work to keep up with this Jacksonville team. Uh, God, it's a tough one. Yeah. Singletary has been non-existent as well. Um, I guess I'm going to roll Pierce out there in the hopes that he has a bigger role because you're you're basing both these situations on hope, and you drafted Pierce uh, much earlier. So you know if you you drafted Pierce, you were full of a lot of hope anyway. So I'm going to roll with Pierce, although uh, I can easily see Ford having the bigger. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things like, what does Dave the Dizzle Gerzak always say? You're probably not going to start the right guy. It just happens that way. <laughs> Chris, Chris what, do you, what do you say to this Pierce versus Ford? And no, this is not a presidential election. This is actually a running back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, that, um, that Tennessee defense looked for real last week against Josh Kelly. Now, I'm not sure if it was more so Josh Kelly or more so the Titans defense. I think that's probably still out for debate. But you know what? Give me Ford. And I think the reason why is because – Last week when he was running the ball, he looked good. He looked explosive. He looked ready for for the opportunity. And so I'll, I'll even just to play devil's advocate with Farrell, I'll take Ford, and you know we'll we'll see how that plays out. I think that Houston Jacksonville game, divisional games, get me kind of I don't know. They get me kind of weird. There's a chance that he goes yes. for thirty yards and doesn't fall in the end zone, and and that's about it. You know, there's you know in, in the chat guys like childhood greats. Now there's a real question. There's we've been trying to get in these matchups. That's a question. That's, that you will think about all weekend, and as Gerzak says, you will get it wrong. <laughs> My answer to childhood greats would be: put both those guys in your lineup and set someone else. There you go. Both those guys probably should be in your. That sounds good to me. <laughs> um, let me let me ask you guys, um, and and for anybody who's listening to the audio version of this, the question from childhood greats is Nico Collins or George Pickens can only start one this week. Collins at the Jaguars. George Pickens at uh, on Monday Night Football at Las Vegas, right? Or am I reading that wrong? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's okay, right. Okay, perfect. All right. So for me, guys, and I'll weigh on this. I know I haven't weighed in a, on a lot of this so far. Man, it's tough to get away from Nico Collins. And I know Tank Dell, um, I think, outsnapped Collins this week. Had seven catches, same as Collins. Um, you can debate who the number one target on that team is. For me, I think it's Collins. Um, and, and I know Pickens is unquestionably the number one target. For, for Pittsburgh right now after, you know, Deontay Johnson gets placed on IR. Maybe this I, – and I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe this is me having more faith in a rookie quarterback over Kenny Pickett. But C.J. Stroud's been slinging it, and and I think that continues. If I have a choice between Pickens or Collins, I'm going to roll with Collins this week. Uh, Chris, where do you fall in on this? Yeah, so I, I agree with you on that. I um, Honestly, it's, it's, not, it's not Pickens that worries me. It's Pickett. And yeah. I, I think yeah. you know, I mean, the, the Browns defense is is um, is really good. So I, I think last week maybe you can chalk that up a little bit and not really not read into it too much. But 
I mean, man, it, it's isn't it crazy to say that against even against the Raiders defense, we're we're talking about maybe Pickett not having a great game. That that is to me that that's just it. something is something isn't sitting right. And so I think for that reason, and for the fact that I have way more shares of Nico Collins than I do uh, than I do George Pickens, I'll take Nico Collins against uh, against the Jags in a game where they'll probably be down a little bit. So, Farrell, we have a majority. Do we have a sweep? Are you taking Collins over Pickett? Our pickings. You know, I, I I think I am, and I'm also going to add something that we never got to in the show. We're talking about Raiders, and it's Monday night, and it's a long way off. Josh Jacobs' redemption is coming Monday yeah. night. It's going to yeah. be a beautiful thing to look at, and uh, don't make the mistake of starting someone over Josh. Attention to all you FFPC Weekly Challenge players that he might ah. be under-owned. So myffpc.com, sign up for that $35 or $200, went up as much, uh, went up to as much as $2,500 Get Josh Jacobs in those lineups could pay off big time. And I'll tell you what, Chris uh, Dalvo, who is joining the show tonight, is hoping his team pays off big time. It has been so far, and he still has yet to be at full uh, force with all the injuries he's had. Came in this week, ninth place overall, maybe bigger things in his future. Chris, thank you so much for hopping aboard. Thank you so much for staying on for damn near an hour, which which is awesome. I know you said the email, like, hey, it's cool if we run a little bit over. I'm like, well, Farrell and I both like to talk. It'll probably run awesome. over. So, so I can see go. Mike looking through the curtain back there. I yeah, just... he, he could. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's back there somewhere. Yeah. He, How he did he get is. to know Mike? He's, 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 <laughs> tell, well, tell listen. Us. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. He's, he's got to dab that melted butter that's hanging off the corner of his mouth from all that lobster that you, you know, left for him. So make right. sure he wipes his mouth and then and then we'll, that's we'll what get it was. him on soon. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it was. He's still backstage. He was like, oh, they have they have caviar. They have all that good stuff. Why come out? You know, we'll let Chris do the talking and I'll just stay back and shout out no but seriously guys i appreciate the time this has been an awesome opportunity and uh yeah i mean i'm serious i'm serious bulky like i said i'm, I'm here for you guys so you know yeah. no worries on, on going over and uh and hopefully we can do it again sometime soon you're the man dude enjoy week three uh may the ball bounce through your way and go ahead and uh hopefully you and mike can take down that million this year thanks so much for joining us dude thanks guys take care Chris Dalvo, the ninth place team owner in the Fantasy Pros Championship heading into week three, joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Wow, what a show. A lot of fun tonight. Hopefully we helped you out. Sometimes I think like it's the end of the week and Farrell and I just, we try to inform, we try to help you, but by and large, we're just trying to entertain each other and then pick the brain of the guest and hopefully you get you garner some knowledge off that, which I yeah. think you did tonight because Chris was awesome, Farrell. He was, he, was, he was awesome and he's a wonderful guest and I want all the listeners to know that it's not melted butter, it's drawn butter. Drawn butter, God but bless you know, it. Oh. it, it, it you know, a guy like you that with with you're you're a friend of the sea, Balky. So you know you all the seafood that you know about. You know, it's it's all about the fish and not the butter. And Bob, Bully Bob Hogan came in with a good one. Dalton to her says me seeing red. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's and and uh, Robert Phillips said, "Who is the next Jerome Ford?" We got guys in the chat room that have such great material. I we have the chat show. Who is the next Jerome Ford? I don't know Ooh. who it is. Because like the thing is, the thing is, Farrell, like I have so many backup running backs on my teams like this year, and now they they all have. Now we got to get the guy behind the guy behind the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And is it Pierre Strong? Could he be the next Jerome Ford? I don't know. Ty Chandler, could he be the next Jerome Ford if injuries strike in Minnesota? Well, I don't know. You know that that's the thing is, I guess Ford started off the season as the backup, right, be, behind Chubb, and that's what you have to look at. You just have. What's to look the kid's the name over in Baltimore that's on the shelf this week? Justice Hill. Last week's darling, yeah, well. yeah. Yeah. Jerome Ford is the next Justice Hill. So who is the next Jerome? Ooh, we yeah, should know, I, though. yeah, we should know. We should know. Yeah. I, and uh, like David Letterman would say, we're going to find out. And we're going to get back to you. 
on that. That 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 is what that's our promise to you tonight. Uh, Farrell, we will continue to check out everything at kffsc.com. Continue to follow you at kffsc official on x.com. Thank you so much, my friend. We will do this again a week from today. Thank you, sir. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, joining me tonight on the high stakes, this extended uh, high stakes fantasy football hour. Want to give a shout out to Chris Dalbo, tonight's guest, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. Uh, here's the housekeeping that's coming up on the FFPC family of podcasts coming up. Uh, so next week, we will be live at 10 o'clock Eastern with week two FFPC main event leader, Jeff Hallis, who will join us to talk about how he was leading the charge for the million dollar grand prize in the main event. Tuesday, in case you missed it, on the High Stakes Lowdown on Rotoviz, where you can check it out on the FFPC social channels or rotoviz.com slash podcast. We have the Fantasy Pros Championship seventh place team owner for week two, Craig Bodenmiller on. The show will be back live 10 o'clock this coming Tuesday with week two Fantasy Pros Championship second place team owner, Chris Kennison. Uh, last night, we went live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network. You can watch that back on any of the FFPC or Better Sports Network social media channels with yours truly and Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm and the New York Post. This coming Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, we go live with Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani. Uh, go to MF, uh, myffpc.com, myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft or salary cap. Choose 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Buy Sunday's kickoff and watch them ride through the weekend's games. Remember, only one player per team. You can join a 10-team contest, a 30-team contest, or a 100-team contest. $35 or $200 to enter. You can win up to $2,500. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified anytime we go live on the FFPC YouTube channel, which will be next Tuesday. This coming Tuesday is the next time we go live. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out with us on a Friday night. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. A couple of quick things I want to end on tonight. Um, first one's kind of funny. Um, I was driving my kid to school, 10 years old, a uh, sports fan, and we're listening to Sports Talk Radio, him and his sister sitting in the car, my kids. We're not saying anything. We're both kind of groggy, uh, and we're going to school. After about five or six minutes, out of nowhere, again, I'm a Packers fan, and he knows who Aaron Rodgers is. Out of nowhere, he says to me, Dad, what are the chances a 39-year-old comes back from an, a torn Achilles to play in the NFL next year? Out of nowhere. Could not believe it. Did not understand it, where it came from. It was unbelievable. My kid is thinking on a much higher level uh, than, than, than I am. That was, that was crazy. Second thing I want to bring up tonight. I thought you might enjoy that. Second thing I want to bring up tonight. Um, I uh, Oftentimes in May or June, this show, we normally do it Fridays. And oftentimes in May or June, there's a random Friday where we do the show on either Wednesday or Thursday because I host this uh, poker tournament for uh, all of my high school friends, uh, or a lot of my high school friends. We come back, they come back to my house. We have this big po poker tournament on Friday night. We don't do the show Friday night. We, we do it beforehand so I can see all these guys. A lot of these guys, really good friends of them in high school and still good friends of them.
but I only get to see him once a year. And there's a guy um, who has missed the last couple of years, you know, for various things. It was his wife's birthday. He broke his arm. He had other stuff going on with work. He's an attorney in the, in the Milwaukee area. So he couldn't make it up. And uh, I think the last time he was up was probably like three or four years ago. And I didn't realize when I saw him three or four years ago, uh, that that was going to be the last time I saw him. I found out this week that he actually passed away in a kind of a freak accident. So I'm told, I don't, I don't know all the details on it. Um, but it, it really caught me off guard. Now, this is a guy that I still consider a friend. He's not a close friend, um, probably because of the proximity. I don't hang out with him a whole lot, but he passed away this week. Um, 41 years old, has a wife, two young kids. And it's just, and I still haven't really, you know, come to grasp with it at all. Um, in, and still working through it. Um, but the message here is, is not, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, Balky. The message here is, you know, your friends and family, you, you never know. You, you just never know, right? And, and so I would encourage everybody who has those people in their lives that they're very close to, to tell them that you love them. Tell them that you care for them. Give them a hug. You never know when it's the last time. And I'm never going to see my buddy again. And, and he already played in his last poker tournament with us. And I know there's a lot of guys who... Who, who always like see him every single year. We're not going to see him anymore. So I, I hate to end it on a somber note, but I do feel like my buddy um, uh, d- deserved that tonight. So rest in peace, Timmy P. We already miss you. Thanks so much, everybody. Uh, enjoy week three. We'll talk with you again next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.